As the start of the new school year approaches, I know that you are already thinking of ways that you can create a welcoming and inclusive classroom environment. Well, on today's episode, I will be sharing some dynamic tips for how you can do that from the very first day. But before we jump into the episode, I want to talk to my world language teachers. I would like to invite you to join me at a free online conference July 19th through the 21st. It's called the Practical and Comprehensible Foundations Conference. Now, I will be speaking in addition to 22 other dynamic educators who are going to be sharing best practices and high leverage practices around routines in the world language classroom and using strategies like comprehensible input. You have got to join us. I will be dropping the link so that you can register in the show notes. And I hope to see you on July 19th through the 21st. Now let's jump into the episode. Hey, hey, welcome to the Culture Center Classroom Podcast, a space for educators looking to step into their power by creating a classroom environment and lessons that affirm, welcome, and celebrate all their students through instruction. I'm your host, Jocelyn Hubbard, an educator, teacher coach, wife, mother to five children, and your partner on this journey of creating culture-centered classrooms. Let's jump into the episode. Hey friend, I'm so excited you are here to learn more about the essential components needed to create a welcoming and inclusive classroom. Today, I'm gonna be sharing a few tips for how you can do this from the very first day. Now, before we get into those tips, I wanna break down the meaning of the words inclusive and welcoming. Understanding the meanings of these words will allow you to intentionally create this type of classroom with your students. So the word inclusive, according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary and Google and also myself, this definition is kind of a mashup. So this word means including everyone, allowing everyone to be part of a space or an experience. And then the word welcoming, according to just Merriam-Webster's dictionary, means received gladly into one's presence or companionship. So a welcoming and inclusive classroom is one where everyone is received gladly and made part of the classroom community. Everyone sees people, ideas, and perspectives similar to and different from their own being explored and studied with seriousness and intentionality. It's not just some afterthought or a one month type of deal. This is a classroom that is respectful of the cultural identities of all students. A classroom where students are encouraged to learn more about two things, themselves, right? Their beliefs, ideas, perspectives, and how it impacts them as learners and global citizens, as well as number two, their peers, how their peers have different beliefs, their peers' perspectives, their ideas that are similar, and also different from their own, and then how those beliefs, ideas, and perspectives impact their peers as learners and global citizens. So tip number one is to understand that developing this type of classroom looks different for a kindergarten student, for example, than it does for a ninth grader. You may decide to introduce certain concepts using picture books or video clips. You may have them journal or participate in application activities. In the show notes, I'm actually going to link to a few books that I recommend using based on different age groups. Either way, creating 
experiences and opportunities for our learners to latch onto as we introduce these different phrases and concepts is very important. Now, an objection that I often hear is that everyone in the community and the school pretty much, quote unquote, looks the same, that they're raised the same. So why focus on creating this type of environment? Why make a big deal about differences? And my response is, okay, cool, cool. So you mean to tell me that there is no bullying, there's no name calling or isolating of any kind based on what the students obviously perceive as differences. The reality is that our students perceive differences even if we do not think they do. This idea that I don't raise my child to see differences doesn't make sense. Children are taught colors and numbers and letters. Each one of these is different and unique. Acknowledging that different children have different physical abilities, before I make this next statement, is very important. So a child can, a child can see and hear and sense differences all around them, all around them. It's not necessarily something you can teach, right? Children hear the different pitch and timbre of voices, for example. This is how they recognize voices that are familiar to them and those that are unfamiliar because the voices are different. And as a former middle school teacher, working with students going through puberty whose hormones were off the chain, <laughs> trust me, they notice differences in themselves and their peers. So let's get ahead of it instead of pretending like it doesn't exist. There's no switch that magically flicks on at the age of 18 that allows adults to all of a sudden notice differences. Because if we're being honest, adults notice differences, right? And sometimes noticing those differences looks like ostracizing and ignoring, marginalizing or oppressing those that are different. And this does, doesn't just happen all of a sudden. It happens over time. It happens over an extended period of time where people are not being introduced to diverse people, perspectives, or places at all, or in a way that fosters respect. And that leads me to tip number two. Respect has several definitions, one of which Google states as due regard for the feelings, wishes, rights, or traditions of others. Creating a welcoming and inclusive classroom environment is one where everyone respects each other's right to have a different belief or opinion. Respect does not mean acceptance. The two often get lumped together, but they are not the same. And I know that that may be difficult to hear, and maybe you completely disagree, <laughs> and that's okay. There are plenty of people and ideologies and perspectives that I do not agree with, but I respect each person's right to choose for themselves. One piece of my, of my story that I share often when I'm facilitating PD for schools is how my mother passed away from cancer six years ago. At a certain point, she decided she no longer wanted to do any more chemotherapy. She was tired and she was weak. Her body didn't want to eat or drink anymore. And she decided that she no longer wanted to fight it. It was incredibly challenging to respect her choice. I struggled to accept it. And honestly, I, <laughs> I don't think I ever did accept it because I didn't want to lose my mother. Maybe you're thinking that 
that this is different from respecting someone else's right to worship differently, speak differently, identify differently, but it's not. Because at the end of the day, it's about respecting someone else's right to live happily and in a way that brings them peace and that does not cause harm to you or to others. And this can be challenging and it can be scary, in particular for some of your some of your students' parents. But the world we live in is not one that we've like created in our minds, right? It's not it's not a bubble that is only filled with the people and perspectives that we choose to accept. And so pretending that that is the case only does our students a disservice. Now tip number 3 is that the key to creating this type of classroom is being a culturally competent, culturally aware, and culturally sensitive educator, and then encouraging your students to also be the same, a culturally competent student. (laughs) As such, you are someone who is grounded in understanding your cultural identity, right? Your race, your religion, your socioeconomic status, your gender, your ethnicity, your ability, your sexual orientation and age. And then thinking about how those pieces of who you are impact your worldview and your educator lens. In addition, you seek to learn about other cultures in the same way. Becoming culturally competent is a process that continues. There's no finish line. You know why? <laughs> because, and I, I'm sorry, I, I know that, that that may sound like, oh, there's no finish line, Jocelyn. Yes, there's, there's no finish line because you are constantly learning and growing and developing and changing as a person, as life experiences shape who you are. And with each shift, reflection is needed and Thinking about each of your identity markers is needed. Now, helping your students to develop as culturally competent individuals does not have to be something that's done outside of teaching your content if you ask three anchor questions as you plan lessons. The first question is, what might my students learn about themselves? The second question is, what might my students learn about their peers? And the third question is, what can my students learn about the world around them? These are guiding questions to take your lessons from momentary learning opportunities to lifelong learning. I would love to continue this conversation over on Instagram or on LinkedIn. You can send me a DM or a message so we can chat about how you will use these tips to create a welcoming and inclusive classroom this school year. Be sure to tune back in next Wednesday because I will be sharing three of my favorite resources to use when creating a welcoming and inclusive classroom. Trust me, you don't want to miss this. That's a wrap on today's episode, but it does not have to be a wrap on the action you are taking in your classroom. The perfect next step is to head over to customteachingsolutions.com forward slash the checklist, where you can grab a free resource that I created just for you. It's called the Ultimate Classroom Diversity Checklist. This checklist has five simple steps you can take to create a much more welcoming and inclusive classroom today. All right, my friend, grab your free resource and we will chat next week.